0: On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase,
1: and the question: censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train.
0: Tune in Monday through Thursday, nine to eleven, for Dave and one, two,
2: one. Hi. Ever wonder what it's like to face a three hundred and fifty-pound lineman who wants to smash you into the ground? I know what that feels like. Scott Mitchell here, and I want to tell you about my podcast, Helmets Off, where I talk about the pressures of being an NFL quarterback and some of the other pressures pro athletes face when the helmet is off. It's a podcast, and you can get it free on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and at kslsports.com.
0: That's exactly, you know, why we do what we do. I mean, that's exactly the sort of foundation of, you know, our – Superfly's approach to experience creation and to, um, you know, thoughtful marketing for brands. And as I told the story a little bit in the first segment, um, you know, so much of it was born out of the fact that, you know, in the late 90s, um, early 2000s, there was a lot of consolidation in the concert business. And sort of that consolidation was really, you know, being prepped up for,
2: This is part two of our interview with Rick Farman, uh, co-founder of Superfly, which uh, started many events and <laughs> most well-known for Bonnaroo. If you're not familiar with Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival, you know, biggest names in music, being a child of the 90s, I like seeing Red Hot Chili Peppers and Beastie Boys and these huge bands, but, you know, 80 to 100,000 people a year coming to this thing. Uh, if you missed part one, please go back and, and hear more about uh, Rick's journey getting to this point. Um, but maybe kind of picking up Rick on where we left off, talking about uh, bringing what you've learned in this entertainment and music space and helping brands create a better experience, and how how much people are not uh, just willing to settle for the boring retail experience they've always had. Um, I had the thought, you know, I'm, I'm here on the Superfly website, and I don't think we said this in part one, but it's it's f dot l y if you're if you're looking for the website, but um, you know, I'm looking at what you guys did for Citi and I used to do mergers and acquisitions for Citi, you know, starting my finance career down in Irvine, California. And I'm just thinking about how hard it is for big finance companies to be cool sometimes. So um, selfishly, since I've got you here, (laughs) my question is, you know, I'm just in the middle of starting another fund. We're probably going to do like a boring, reliable cash flow real estate fund or like a real estate investment trust buying big apartment complexes. Right. And taking your sensibilities and your thoughts on making something cool for somebody like me who says, Hey, what if we didn't just do another fund the boring way everyone else does? What if we wanted to do something completely different? What's your first thoughts or what are the first questions you're asking or where you're going with, with a potential client like me?
0: I I think it's really starts just with core values and mission, right? Like what is it? And if goal is.
2: That makes tons of sense. Like I want to make a ton of money for child rescue, our charity, so we can pay our own Jason Bourne guys to go save kids from traffickers. Right. But at the fund itself, like after studying Warren Buffett for all these years, I'm so annoyed with the fees that go to the financial institutions that are not actually helping people like my parents pay for their retirement. You know, it's almost like there's a lot of leeching off the system. And there's a whole system that tries to tell people they're too dumb to make their own financial choices. You need to pay all these fees to your financial advisor, stuff like this. So I have like this big soapbox about letting regular people know that Warren Buffett says it only takes two weeks to learn how he invests and that you don't need to be intimidated by money and you can create financial security. We don't need to gamble with our investments. We can do solid things. So starting from there, what's, where would you go?
0: Well, I think in many ways you just said it, right? Like the, the essence of what you just said was, uh, you know, make people realize that they can have ownership and control over their financial lives in a way um, that doesn't make them feel, um, you know, unfairly, uh, you know, handled by, by their financial institution. And so I think it's, Really, you know, I would drill down there very tactically to think through. Um, you know, what are the ways that you can show that message is true? What are the ways that you can create uh, content and products that um, you know connect to that mission? Um, you know, I, ultimately, you know, sort of where you go with marketing and creating uh, a connection with a consumer starts with that fundamental mission, that fundamental, Hey, how is this going to make people's lives better? Almost every product and service at its core has something that is orientated towards making somebody's life easier or better or something that, um, you know, uh, they need to have, um, to, to, you know, sort of live life. And so I think if you just drop all the way down to that level and then, um, you know, whatever the, the sort of tactics are, um, it, it really depends a bit on the actual product and the actual service. In, in the case of City, for instance, you know, they're, they're trying to fashion financial products that, you know, make people's lives smoother and easier and allow um, them to have vision to their financial lives and, and also, um, you know, uh, reward their customers for, um, you know, being with them. And so a bunch of things they've tried to do is really align with, with you know, entertainment. They have you know, big reaches into things like Global Citizens that we talked about you know, uh, as we were leading into this, um, you know, the Grammys, um, a whole bunch of other um, things that they've done to sort of align their brand where they think their customers are, you know, uh, wanting to you know, go to entertainment, wanting to do some good along the way of that. And so what we try and do is sort of amplify that, right? Is come in and create, um, you know, marketing uh, products, essentially, whether those are experiences, whether that's content, um, and tie those to um, different, you know, people in culture and entertainment that can help amplify those messages. Um, the, The core of it, I think, if you, you know, ask people who, you know, day in and day out sort of live the city brand what they're trying to do with that, is they're they're trying to make their financial lives more whole and easier and reward them for being a customer. So it, it really just comes back to those kind of core fundamentals.
2: Well, that's that's uh, maybe maybe I'll end this train of thought with this follow up question. That then. So I'm thinking about what you're saying, and it it is kind of like the gut check of like, okay, what is it at the core, right? And maybe my my final question on this train of thought is for somebody like us um if we end up doing this which we probably will how do what advice would you have about how to make sure that this isn't like marketing stuff that gets slapped on at the end you know like what advice do you have for folks who really want to make it like the core of their being as as like the fundamental dna of the organization not just the marketing afterthought
0: um i think that uh You know, anytime in this day and age that you have the opportunity to live and express your values um, and the purpose of what you're doing, then I believe people rally around that more than ever. You know, I I think it's one of the good things about, um, you know, where our world is going right now is I think consumers have a ton of choice. Um, I think that um, increasingly... Uh, people realize that we uh, have a tenuous existence here and that if we don't become more uh, thoughtful and empathetic, then that's in jeopardy. And so you know, from a business standpoint, you know, the opportunity there is to bake um, you know, whatever cause or solution you have to some of the issues that we have in the world into how you do business, into the values of what you do, Um, and I think it's a, it's a win on both levels. You're, you're promoting that cause. And at the same time, you know, you're showing your customers that, you know, Hey, I believe in something. I care. I am going, I am contributing, you know, come do business with me, uh, as opposed to somebody who you're not sure what their orientation is. And, you know, because you have obviously such a strong, um, value, proposition for what you want to do in the world um, i don't think there's any reason not not to live that obviously there's tons of brands that have sort of made a whole brand image out of that the whole you know one for one model like Toms i mean you know, I, I believe in all that stuff i think all of that stuff is you know really pointed in a very positive direction and so if you're starting an investment group that's going to invest in you know um, commercial real estate or, you know, multi-housing, multi-family housing, housing, um, then bake into what you're doing there uh, some sort of value prop that the general person, if you were sitting over a coffee and you said, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and this is how it relates to my business, that they would be able to understand it. They would be able to feel the goodness of you as a human um I, I think that's that's essential and i think that more than ever um you know those of us in business have the opportunity to live that very uh, in a very overt very direct way right now and, and let me say one other thing i also think that these things can very much center around things that are universal that aren't political right i think most of the world believe in uh you know, inclusion as opposed to exclusion. Most of the world believes in empathy and treating people like you want to be treated. Um, And so I think that that these are not things that need to necessarily be targeted at a particular, you know, point of view on a political issue or anything else. I think it's really, you know, can can be as basic uh, as just core, you know, Fundamental human goodness, and I think if you you expouse on that and you show people how what you're doing is, you know, orientated in that way, um, then you know you're 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 uh, both creating more positivity in the world and creating a, a good value proposition for your customers.
1: Yeah, I think that's really smart. I think a lot of people kind of assume the other side is uh, just wants you know bad things, and they they're the only ones who want good things. Where I think most, most all of us want the same things that we almost all want to help other people and do good in the world. So is there, I mean, going along with that, is there, and it may be what you just touched on, because I think that's authenticity and being true is so powerful right now, especially in the world of marketing. But is there another issue with brands uh, that might be a soapbox issue that you, as you talk to entrepreneurs, you're, wishing more of them would be thinking about uh, paying attention to a, a new trend that you're seeing uh, that you're finding yourself talking to people a lot about and wish people would pay more attention to?
0: Um, well, you know, one of the things that I think continues to be, um, I think something that a lot of people are trying to solve and trying to figure out is sort of the nexus of, online entertainment and real world entertainment. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I, I find sort of a lot of that really fascinating and interesting and and challenging. Um, You know, I have a a little bit of a um, thesis that sort of uh, there's a, there's a really big symbiotic relationship between uh, online uh, and, you know, digital experiences and um you know what people want to do in the real world um you know the, the history on that for us is that uh you know Bonnaroo and Outside Lands and sort of the whole festival ecosystem in many ways was built on digital music social and mobile um and it was because of and in spite of those things um, and I think there's a, an interesting sort of duality to that where, um, you know, the fact that people are spending so much time digitally consuming, um, means first off that they're really knowledgeable about a lot of different types of art and, and related content. Um, but at the same time, um, feel the need to get out from that and be living, in you know a, a real world environment and connecting with people in, in real life, um, and so those things really push each other. And um, I think that in a general sense, how you create um, you know things that sort of are architected from the ground up to do both, to provide um, you know opportunities in both of those spheres, are uh, you know in some sectors of entertainment and uh, are more rather than or less rather than more developed. Some of it it comes very naturally, like sports, for instance. Right. Um, You know, that that one is sort of like art foundationally, you know, in many ways, uh, you know, there's a, a, a very clear real world and, you know, digital world architecture to the experience, but I I do think that in lots of other art forms, that that, that's something that still has not been fully developed and realized. And, um, you know, I I think that sort of trend of things, and then when you think about the same thing in marketing, right, which is, um, you know, particularly with retail being less prevalent and being able to actually go and touch and feel a product becomes less uh, of an option. Um, you know, the, it, it becomes even more important for brands to create experiences that allow uh, for people to experience their product or service in a sort of visceral, direct, thoughtful way. Um, and so, you know, that whole nexus of the online and offline world, I think is something that um, continues to create a lot of uh, interesting opportunities and, and intellectual uh you know, creative uh, thinking.
1: Yeah. Oh, that, I think that's such a, such an important point. I mean, we've, we're even looking at this from the social media marketing side of things because we're, we're seeing, um, you know, it's just interesting how we, we get on a new technology and get so excited and now oh, we're, you know, this other thing that we, the way we used to do it is dead and then things change and you see kind of going back to the old way way of doing things. And so I think, That perspective of balancing, uh, like you said, people want those digital experiences, but they also want to still go to a festival and that experience of traveling somewhere and going somewhere new um, is so important. I I even think we're seeing uh, in the direct-to-commerce world where we live as an agency, we're seeing a resurgence of retail. I mean, there's smart brands who are doing really cool retail experiences that like you said, allow them to connect with customers in new ways. What what do you think there are some of the things that you guys have seen that really have worked on that front, uh, as you try and build in digital experiences to your live events? Uh and what do you think have been the things that that you're like, ah, eh, this this didn't quite pan out uh maybe how we thought?
0: Um well, I think of the things that worked, um you know, some of the things I was talking about before in terms of like bringing to life a media property, you know, like for instance, what we did with Seinfeld or the office at uh, Clusterfest, like people really responded to the opportunity to experience something that had, you know, only been two-dimensional and linear,
1: yeah. in a
0: three-dimensional tactile way. I mean, we, we just had lines out the block around the block for that kind of stuff. And our friends experience, you know, in, in New York, uh, you know, sold out in, you know, a, a matter of hours. Um, so I think that anytime that you can bring somebody into the world that they are used to just experiencing in a linear way, you can make it more immersive and, um, present for them. I mean, that I think is, you know, uh, a huge win. And I, I, you know, certainly in a lot of the activation work that we do for brands, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, time and time, anytime you can sort of take a brand and, and make it feel real to people. I, an example I like to use is at Bonnaroo. Um, You know, for a long time, we had a, a sponsor uh, ship with uh, Garnier, a hair care company. And, you know, it was sort of, okay, what do you do with a hair care company at a festival? And we really kind of broke down like, okay, what is it they really want? You know, we we, we weren't interested in sampling, for sampling's sake, just handing out stuff that, that didn't fit our ethos and feel like it was, um, you know, a, a productive experience for the fans. But being a four-day event where everybody lives there, we thought, hey, maybe if they offered people – something they don't get, right? Hair care, right? You can go get your hair washed, you can go get your hair done, you can go get a professional person to to style you. Um, Those are things that, you know, yeah, people maybe get to experience a little bit in their regular life, but in this environment, if we brought that to the fans, that would be incredibly unique. We even sort of activated the waiting area for that where we did like sort of a faux, um, you know, singing in the shower karaoke thing. And it was a tremendous success, right? Yeah. I mean, just people couldn't believe that they had the opportunity to do something like that at one of our events. Um, And so, you know, another thing, like uh, another interesting example is, uh, you know, with State Farm, we've done a a lot of work with them. And, like, what are you trying to do with insurance, right? Like, what is the value of insurance? It's really to kind of help people in, in difficult situations, right? That's the reason people buy insurance. Um, and so think about when you're at an event and if you need something, if they're there to help deliver that thing, hey, you got locked out of your car, we'll send somebody to help you get it unlocked. If, you know, you need um you know, charging for your phone because it it died somewhere. We'll have rapid chargers there. I mean, there are many different sort of ways that we're able to sort of take that core element of, um, you know, where somebody's product could really be additive to people in, you know, in a van experience. Um, You know, the things that I have seen on the other side that don't work, are generally the kind of things where people don't put that kind of thoughtfulness into it or yeah. that there's not a direct correlation to the product itself or to the content itself. Um, you know, it's more of like a, Hey, let's just, you know, set up this little thing to take a photo at or something like that. I mean, those things I think are fleeting and um you know maybe provide a little bit of value but i don't think they have much uh you know long uh tail currency where it's really developing you know a, a relationship around that content or around that um you know brand i think you know it's, you really have to sort of uh think a little bit more deeply and put that creative effort into um finding those direct connections to what's people are experiencing in a linear environment to what they can experience in a, in a real world immersive environment.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I I think what you said is just so true. Um, It's been kind of my latest soapbox that the answers to most of our problems are all the cliches we hear. Most people just don't want to do them that. And exactly what you were saying, like how to make a great digital experience connect with the real world is just hard work and putting in the effort most people don't want to put in and i think you guys have really shown that with uh, it's fun just even looking through the the office experience and the friends experience and seeing the pictures and people's excitement of this real digital thing that like you said a 2d experience brought into the 3d world so pretty amazing
2: you know I, i think too like what i love about what you just said is this you know it's I feel like what you're almost saying is like, don't just act, stop and think, you know, and that, that, that extra time to think and that context. And uh, like, to me, as you're saying that I can see why that feels more like, more like a human connection, like an organic, authentic interaction instead of a, Hey, we've got a captive audience. Let's market to them. Kind of a gotcha type of, you know, think about all the gimmicks and the swag we've all gotten when we've gone places that don't even make it home. You know, like it, it doesn't even make it from the car into the house, right?
0: I mean, that that's exactly, you know, why we do what we do. I mean, that's exactly the sort of foundation of, you know, our Superfly's approach to experience creation and to, um, you know, thoughtful marketing for brands. And as I told the story a little bit in the first segment, um, you know, so much of it was born out of the fact that, In the late 90s, um, early 2000s, there was a lot of consolidation in the concert business. And sort of that consolidation was really, you know, being prepped up for, you know, sale and for Wall Street and things like that. Um, You had a lot of really unthoughtful uh, brand, uh, you know, executions where, you know, just logos and, uh, cheap stuff was being thrown up all over the place, and you know I think audiences just had a really visceral reaction to that. I know we did as as fans. We were like, we don't want that stuff in our grill all the time. We just want to go and have a good time. And you know that that as we launched Bonnery, we recognized that um, really the only way for us to take advantage of the opportunities that the brand community presented uh, was through really thinking about, you know, how we would want to see that stuff manifest, how we how it could create value for us as a fan. And it's the same principle that we think about every day when we are sitting with a brand who wants to, you know, work with us. It's all about, hey, yes, there's a million tactical things that we can do. We can get really creative. But, like, at, at the core is, hey, how do you want – your customers to feel about you how do you want them to feel you relate to culture and arts and you know we're always looking for that that sort of core thing that we can then expound upon tactically and most of the time it's not that hard to find right it's not <laughs> hard to find for a hair care company or an insurance company how they can you know, make people's lives a little bit better um, through, you know, uh, some creative uh, type of content or uh, activation. And so that's really, you know, such an opportunity I think we have in the world right now is that consumers in general, you know, are smart and savvy and have access to so much information and have a voice that they can, you know, uh, create You know, give the world uh, uh, feedback and amplify the experiences they have with brands. And so it's imperative today that, you know, brands uh, who are consumer facing um, really, um, you know, create these touch points with consumers that are uh, direct and filled with um, lots of thoughtful, careful uh, development of. Um, those particular tactics and, and a core reason to do so. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's fun. It's fun work to do when we get a project where we get a brand who's willing to think that way. Um, you know, the creative people in our company always do their best work because they, they know that there's a end point of delivering something of value to, to the audience, to the consumer, to the fan. That, that's what we all want ultimately is to make things a little bit better. And I think most, you know, people who work, uh, in, in thoughtful companies, you know, that's, that's what they, that's what drives them every day. Yeah. It's the job and the money and having to take care of stuff, but kind of most jobs can provide that. If you, if you really, yeah, you know, to have your team working on something that provides the opportunity for them to make people's lives a little better, um, I think the amount of quality work that you get and the amount of retention you get of your team and all those things are uh, un- unmatched with any other way to do it. Yeah. That's
1: That's
2: real. Well, listen, this is great. We appreciate all the time you gave us. Um, for people who, who do want to connect with you and talk about that maybe for their company or whatever, where's the best places for them to connect with you?
0: Yeah, so uh, in general, you know, our website is uh, superf.ly. There's no .com or anything on the end of it. It's just superf.ly. Um, and there's, you know, a bunch of contact information on there and I'm an accessible guy. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not that hard to to find. Uh, I I try to be responsive to everything. I, I can't always do it. But, um, you know, just a quick story there, you know, really early on, uh, there was an agent who, um, was a big time agent, a guy by the name of Dan Weiner. He's kind of a legend in, you know, our business in the music business. And, um, You know, early on, it was always really hard for us to get people to uh, respond to us because we were just a small little bunch of kids in New Orleans trying to put on concerts. Um, And I always was so impressed and so admired that Dan would always get back to us. He would always respond to a call or an email. And, you know, it was one of those things for me in business where I was like, oh, I want to be that guy. You know, I want to be able to do that. And um, you know, for people, you know, that are, are starting out or that are maybe, you know, down the road in their business careers, I, I just find that like the ability to just get back to somebody and be responsive is such a core human thing that I think if you do it, you know, sometimes it feels difficult and challenging and don't get me wrong, there are times when I have to have my assistant do it or things get lost on the shuffle, but, you know, for the most part, um, I really, you know, uh, try to be really diligent about just, you know, getting back to people, especially if they're reaching out to you directly. And so, um, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm I'm an accessible person, and I try and uh, connect with people and build my – uh, perspective and network uh, at all levels uh, as, as much as I can.
2: Love it. Thanks again. Thanks, everybody, for listening.
1: Thanks.